to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. It's a new semester, and that means crew has restarted. Welcome to the first Thursday crew of the spring semester. This semester's Thursday crew is going to be me, Sean Carney, joined by Dylan Allen, Doug Willig, and Christian Vasquez. We'll be bringing you sports talk from 6 to 8 every Thursday from now until May. Boys, how are we doing? Doing good. It's it's the same crew that we had as last Friday, last semester, except for Dylan. Except last, for Dylan. Last semester, it was me, you, Christian, and David. Mm-hmm. But now, David's still on Fridays, I think. David's still on Fridays, yeah. 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 And you're doing how many days of crew this semester? I'm doing Thursday and Wednesday. Okay, so yeah. you were here yesterday. I well, I was calling the Iowa game yesterday. Oh, I see, I see, and I see. Crew got canceled anyways, so. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, but um, we got we got a few sports to talk about. Uh, we got the NFL playoffs. Um, uh, NFL man, playoffs is big. Yeah, I mean, that takes yeah. up. I mean, I know we're gonna talk Rutgers basketball right, because there was yeah, a big big win yeah. yesterday. Definitely that you and Jake were there for. Jake, yeah, yeah. So that was big. Obviously, Rutgers women's basketball got canceled tonight because of the COVID within Nebraska's yeah. program. So that's not happening tonight. But with Rutgers basketball and the NFL playoffs, that's plenty to talk about. Mm. Let's open with Rutgers basketball and then shift into NFL playoffs. Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I, I was just going to add Rutgers basketball. And we also got Rutgers football news to talk about. Raekwon O'Neal entering the transfer portal. And we'll talk about what that means for... Greg Schiano's squad going forward, but we'll, we'll open up with Rutgers men's basketball with a uh, just an amazing defensive performance last night at Jersey Mike's Arena en route to a 48 to 46 win over the Iowa Hawkeyes, a team that's really just given Rutgers so many problems over the last couple of years. And you go back to last year where they lost both of their matchups. Um, they lost a close battle against the Hawkeyes at home in front of, of course, an empty um uh, Jersey Mike's Arena. It was called the Rack back then. But empty arena. They lost 77-75. And then they lost a 10-point game at Iowa. And then, you know, you go back to 2019 where Wiesenkamp hit that shot um, that pretty much defied every law of physics. to Wieskamp, be Ru- right? Wieskamp. Sorry, Wieskamp. Um, All good. Wies- it's a difficult name. I just yeah. remember because I, I, had the, I was watching the game last night and they, they showed that clip. I tried to forget his name. Yeah, and they, they said Wieskamp. <laughs> And then um, it just sounds so funny. But yeah, so uh, you know, point being, this is a team that Rutgers just hasn't been able to overcome, and finally they did that last night in probably the most Rutgers uh, way possible. Um, it was a tie game, forty six forty six, with about uh, five seconds to go, and uh, they Ron Harper Jr. draws what's been a very controversial the foul call, the phantom foul call, uh, the phantom foul call. And, you know, honestly, the Knights were due to get one uh, their way just because of how many games they've lost because of bad refing And uh, Big Ten refing's just been all over the place this year. But, you know, n- nonetheless, uh, Harper Jr. steps up, hits those two free throws. They go up 48-46, to 46, and Iowa unable to complete the last second heave. So Rutgers came away with the win there. And, and you know, that... That was huge for this team because um, they, they have a huge gauntlet going forward, and it really sets precedence for, for the rest of the way. But that last second heave by Iowa, though, that was that was oh, a yeah. solid play. It came close. I don't recall who got the three off, but, like, they got a, a open shot. Like, not open, but, like, considering it was a full-court pass and, like, you know, 
the way the rules are set in college where you have to do that. I mean, it's different in the NBA. That would be a side out in the NBA, right? Yeah, if you take a timeout in the NBA, then yes, you get the ball at half court. But Yeah, but um, there you, in college, you have to do the full. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it, it's I think both have their arguments, but it's certain that in college it's more difficult because you have to get that full court pass, and you can't always pull off that Christian Leitner full court, right. you know, buzzer beater. So well, Wee's Wee's cam shot was also off uh, half court, uh, like a the, full, the full court, court pass. Full court pass. Um, they, I believe they completed two passes, one to about like right outside the arc, and then one to Wee's camp in the corner, hit one right in front of his own bench, and um, the rest is history. Couldn't come up with the same magic last night fortunately for the Scarlet Knights um and like I said a huge win and that was probably one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen from any basketball team I mean you're talking about a a Hawkeyes team that came in averaging 86 points a game this was second best in the Big Ten and they held them 40 points under their average which is just insane that's that's unprecedented and they needed it because Rutgers didn't have the best offensive games themselves I mean you know no, just two two three-point shots made all, all game they were two for what two for 30 if I'm not mistaken two for 30 it might be like two for uh no it's not two for 30 I'm, I'll pull I'm up the stats right now um but no only two point uh two three-point shots made um and I- Iowa made about five or six I want to say um how was the student section? At oh, the it arena? was full. It was full, and uh, Jake and I were both pretty amazed by that. Uh, just because you know, it's uh, this is the first kinda week we- after winter break. Obviously, it's two, kinda two still week, winter break, two yeah. weeks remote. Um, and but no, the, the students did a great job of showing up. Uh, it was a sellout crowd. Um, although I did see a few empty seats, but Rutgers tweeted out that it was a sellout. So uh, two, two for thirteen, by the way. Two for I just 13. pulled there up the stats. Two for thirteen. But so. yeah, that's good to hear. Just to see to hear, um, you know. Jersey Mike Serena full. I called a woman's game with Jack over winter break, and it, there was, like, not a single person in the student section. It was kind of sad. Then at one point in the middle of the game, there were three people went there, and they left. So it was literally zero. So just to hear it full is, is nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that last night was actually my first time calling a men's game at home. I've called a men's game away. but you, You've uh, done the how many men's away games? I did one. So you did Illinois, right? I did the Illinois. Game. I remember that was with Alex, and yeah. I was producing in there yes, the online were. stream. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was unfortunately a blowout. But you know, last night it just, it just felt great to to see that energy, and, and for Rutgers to come away with the win there. That it was over a really good team. I mean, this is an Iowa team that could easily be ranked. They're a spot outside the top twenty-five. It's Thirteen and five now. Yeah. And um, you know, like I said, they have. In February, six of their eight opponents scheduled are currently ranked in the top 25, and the two that aren't are Michigan and Northwestern. Michigan was preseason top 25, and obviously they've dwindled down. Northwestern just came away with the win over Michigan State. Um, So those are two still really great teams, even though they're not top 25. And um, Rutgers goes up against Maryland next week. And when you're in the Big Ten, the, the road is never easy, is it? It is not. And, yeah, so obviously picked up a big win. It's not, you know, beating Iowa is different than beating, you know, like CCSU or something like that. Like, this is a big win, and certainly, you know, you got more Big Ten games coming up. So Rutgers now improves to 11-6, and six, I believe 10-1 and one at home, um, and 2-6 and six on the ro- road. No, not exactly that, but I'll pull it up, uh, their exact home away breakdown in a second. But, so... Yeah, this is now six, five wins out of six for Rutgers. 
uh, since you know beating me, and they lost. So they lost to Stephen Hall, seventy-seven to sixty-three. That game I think was on December twelfth. Yeah, they're one and five on the road. One and five. One on and the road. five. Yeah. Oh, the Maryland win is the one win, right? Right. The first win. Yeah. And before that, they were zero and five. Yes. Oh, okay, so then then they're ten and ten and one at home. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That, the only loss was to Lafayette um, s- earlier on in the season. Right. La- was Lafayette the Lafayette was the fourth home game? So they played Lehigh, Merrimack, NJIT. Uh, they were at the Paul. Were you Were you at that game at the Paul? Um, uh, yeah, Gideon and I called that one. Yeah, yeah. How was that? That that's in DePaul's in Chicago. Uh huh. Yeah. So um, it was like south of the main city. Okay. Um, it was it was like a nice area. We had a, the hotel was right across from the arena. The arena was super modern. It looked like it was very new. Um, it looked like a professional arena. Not not like you know Jersey Mike's arena where it's just kind of like an old gymnasium look. Right. This had like. Like an NBA, yeah, an NBA type feel. It had like the glass front. It had like the lights from the roof. It had you know these big like screens outside showcasing the teams and stuff. Like it was actually the, like if you didn't follow basketball or anything, you you could like I think a casual person would just be like, oh, do the Bulls play there? Like it actually looked like that. Now when you get inside, it's smaller. It doesn't fit that many people from, but from the outside, it's very nice. It's. Sean, you so you called the game at Illinois. I went. I had to go in the um, Illinois basketball arena when I did the Illinois football game because that's where we had to pick up our media passes. So just like being inside, it's called State Farm Center. State Farm Center. Yeah, yeah State Farm Center is like really nice. It kind of gives off like an NBA arena oh, yeah, yeah, feel. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, beautiful arena. It, it kind of almost reminds me of the MSG a little bit. I've, I've only been in the MSG once, but I've seen it on TV. Uh, it, no, it. For for that team, like that, that's huge for them to be able to play in that in that facility. And Rutgers, say what you will about about Jersey Mike's Arena, you know the capacity eighty five hundred. It may be in a weird shape. Um, uh, it doesn't really look like a uh, uh, basketball arena, but it does the job because the, the the shape of it really allows for that sound to bounce around, and um, it definitely gives you that home court advantage that that every team needs. Um, and that's going to be huge going forward. I talked about this with Jake last night on, on the call, but having that kind of crowd in a close game, it it is very uh, it's very big um, because down the stretch, um, I forget who it was for Iowa, but they missed a crucial free throw. They went one of two from the line, and uh, they were shooting right in front of the student section. So you know the, they had those. They, they had I think it was they, McCaffrey. It was McCaffrey. Yeah, right. I remember. Um, but they had the, the the inflatables, and I'm sure that must have done something. It, it, the pressure definitely um, mounds up on you when when the crowd is 8,500 loud right. or 8,000 loud. Sorry, and uh, yeah, it, it, I'll tell you what I think it was, Sean. Uh-huh. The whole student center was saying, "Daddy's boy, coach's son." Literally the whole game, I was in. I was. It was fun. I think it got to him honestly because that late, yeah. that late game free throw, he missed yeah. it, man. Everyone yeah. was saying, "Daddy's, daddy's boy, <laughs> you know, coach, you need to stop giving your son scholarships." Yeah, the whole thing. It was awesome. Yeah. But, uh, another thing that that was really key to to the win last night, Keegan Murray held. To I believe it was thirteen points or fifteen yes, points. Yes, thirteen. Thirteen points. Um, he came in as the nation's leading scorer with twenty four something points uh, per game, and he was held relatively quiet in the first half. He came alive in the second half, but uh, I mean that that kind of lockdown cannot be understated um, uh, with a player like that. 
Yeah, I mean, 5 of 14 from the floor. Guys, this is... So we're looking at the future of this team, and I think Christian is now with us. Uh, we got him on the Zoom, so I think that's all good What's to up, go. Christian? Are you there? Can you hear What's us? What's up, man? Christian! Can you hear me? Good to hear you. Good to Hello, hear you, Doug. Man. Yeah, we got you loud and clear. Um, I was just... This game, guys, as poorly as Rutgers shot the ball, a couple of things I took away from this. One, we can beat anybody... If there was any uncertainty... For many fans earlier on in the year, it has now been proven, at least to me, that we can beat any Big Ten opponent at Jersey Mike's Arena, no doubt in my mind. doesn't matter who you put on the floor against us in the Big Ten. I have faith that we can beat them no matter what. For whatever reason, this team just plays so much better at home. And I say for whatever reason, but we all know the reason. It's the fans. Um, you know, it's, it's just that home court feeling. But um, I feel like we can beat anybody in the Big Ten at our place. Um... And I think if fans looking in the future are getting a little excited now for March Madness hopes, I think Rutgers needs to start winning a little bit on the road to really solidify that that resume. Because this was a net one win. So this is this is a big win. This is when when the people that look at teams and decide which ones will make the tournament, they look at these games. That Purdue win is on the same level as this one. Even though one was number one ranked and the other one wasn't even ranked, they still are viewed the same. Yep. So essentially, this is like beating Purdue again, which is awesome for their resume going forward. Oh no, one hundred percent. You know, and this is like I said, a borderline top twenty-five team in the in the Hawkeyes. It should be ranked. Um, probably won't be with this loss against Rutgers, but um, or just outside the top twenty-five. And yeah, no, I totally agree with with what you said about them being able to beat anyone at home. They've shown it, right? The the Clemson win, the Purdue win, and now the Iowa win. And next week they welcome Michigan State at home. That's going to be, I think, the biggest test since Purdue. Um, is that next I, week? I believe that is, is that next weekend or the weekend after that. Yeah. Okay. So Michigan State isn't until February fifth. Our next home game is Maryland, which is next Tuesday, right. and then we're on a two-game road trip, and then we come back play MSU and then Ohio State back to back. And MSU is what day? February the 5th. 5th. Uh, 5th. Okay. I think it's a Saturday or okay. Sunday. Yeah, I, I know that's a weekend game. I think but it's yeah. a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's going to be a really exciting game. Um, Michigan State obviously just lost to Northwestern, which was a really bad loss for them. I think they dropped, what, six or seven spots in the top 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a win that could – I don't want to say that that'll – I think that's a win that if Rutgers gets – It'll really put them in serious conversations for being a bubble team um, in, in March, because right now they're they're still climbing out of that hole that they dug themselves into in November, and a win like that would just be monumental. Yeah, no, and and what's kind of crazy is historically this Rutgers team has not been very good at shooting, especially especially from three. Um, and going into to last night, I think we were in first place in the Big Ten in terms of three-point shooting as a team. I think we were above 44% as a whole, number one in the Big Ten. That's crazy. And last night, obviously, it didn't, you know, that didn't show. But what gives me that confidence is when Rutgers has a game like that where they just cannot buy a basket, the fact that they can just hunker down and play like defense like we saw last night gives me confidence. That's why it gives me confidence that we can compete with anybody in the Big Ten on, at home. Um, they need to win a couple more road games to kind of assure me of that. But at home especially, if if your team shoots 31% from the floor, 15% from three, and you still win, I have all the confidence in the world. And I think 
I saw a tweet. I think it was Aaron Brightman tweeted this out today. Going into last night, and you covered the game last night, Sean. Was that you? Yeah, and, it was okay. me, and, me and Jake. So you you might know this, but um, I, I, I saw Iowa coming into last night averaged 86 points per game. 86 points per game, yeah. On the season. Rutgers held them to 40 points under their season average. Yeah. I think that's just that's monumental. That's ridiculous. Yeah, like, it, just it's crazy. I I said that to Jake multiple times. I was just so blown away at at the defensive performance that this team put on. Uh, Caleb McConnell and Cliff uh, just ha- they were they stole they stole the show last night for me. Uh, Caleb McConnell especially. I mean, the, the guy was just all over the place defensively. Um, he really should be talked about more as the defensive player of the year for the Big Ten. Um, I, I don't know why his name hasn't been brought up more, but it should be. And for Cliff, I mean, the guy's just—he—he's what we signed him up. Uh, what we signed him for, uh, three blocks, I think, two steals. Yep. Um, just a fantastic and fourteen game. rebounds 14 too, rebounds. which is which is clutch in a game like this yeah. where it's close to get you know take away yeah. any possession you can. And I can think of about at least two to three spurts where Iowa was held scoreless for about five minutes or three to four minutes. Um, and for, like you said, like for a team that's scoring 86 points, like that's just insane. Yeah, a shooting performance like last night is unheard of for Iowa. I mean, Jordan Bohannon, their yeah, best Jordan three-point Bohannon, shooter, yeah. two of ten. I think the big thing, too, not a lot of people are talking about it. Geo Baker had three blocks in this game. And I think all three of them were on three-point attempts that he was able to get a hand on, or at least jump shot attempts, which is which is huge. And I think a couple of them were off screens. So he was able to work around the high ball screen and still get a hand on the ball. And I think one of the plays he got in transition and was able to go coast-to-coast coast with it, and I, I think either score or pass it to score, it led to two points regardless. But, I mean, stuff like that is just, again, it, it's, it's crazy. We had ten blocks as a team, seven steals. I mean, what more could you ask for? And I'm looking at the box score now. McConnell only had a steal and two blocks, which is good. But, like, I feel like his presence, like, you look looking just at the box score, you don't realize how big of a presence McConnell had on the floor last night. He was disrupting a lot of passing lanes. He was disrupt, disrupting a lot of driving lanes, especially. They would try and drive in, penetrate, and he was not letting it up. And I saw him literally running around. I think he guarded maybe three guys on one possession. He was just sprinting out to the three-point line, jumping. You know, they would miss. They get the rebound. And then he goes to the next guy across the court, jumps. You know what I mean? Like, he's just all over the place. Nonstop hustle. And you got to give a guy like McConnell credit because stuff like that doesn't show up in the box score. No. And another thing that won't show up in the box score for Caleb is the number of shot clock violations the guy forced. I think Iowa had about four. I think they had four they had shot, a lot. Yeah, they had a four shot clock violations, about five or six air balls. And, I mean, I was just like one after another. I was just uh, astounded. Um, how, um, how the the defensive presence of McConnell and honestly the entire team. You talked about Geo, Geo, the the one block you talked about. He had a block on a three point shot. He took it, laid it up on the other end on fast break. That was huge. Um, Cliff, he he did his thing. Um, Ron, he he was there defensively too. And yeah, mm-hmm. a, another guy I want to talk about is Dean Reber. He he had four quick points off the bench when he subbed in for Cliff in the first half, and he was there defensively too. I'm not sure what his defensive stats were, but block and um, a steal, a block and a steal. There, I mean, those are two turnovers that just you can't understate. And the team, you know, hit their free throws as well. Ten for thirteen for Rutgers yeah. versus uh, six of eleven for Iowa, and in a two point win, you know, making four more free throws is literally the difference. So that can't be understated as well. Obviously, 
Rutgers didn't have the best shooting night, as we kind of touched on earlier. They went 18 to 58, so that's 31%. But Iowa also 17 for 61, and that's because of the you know Rutgers defense that you guys both just talked about a lot. So that's 28% for Iowa. So neither team is you know really shooting well, but uh, Rutgers you know made the plays that made the difference, and in the end, 48-46 was the difference. I know we have Christian with us now. Christian, you can still hear us, right? Yep, all good to go. Yeah, Christian, just what did you think of, uh, like, last night's game overall, you know, 48-46 win as we've been talking about? Uh, like, if you caught the game, like, did anything specific kind of just stick out to you? Yeah, the defense, obviously, it was a low-scoring game here from both teams, and both teams didn't shoot all too well, I'd say, for, from the, you know, from outside. But the defense is super strong. Team, they were they held Iowa, like you said, and you guys mentioned that, they wouldn't score for maybe five minutes straight. So that defense is super strong, and it's looking good for games coming up. And I think the thing, too, you brought up the free throws, Doug. Mm-hmm. This is how past Rutgers teams would lose would lose games like right. this. Last they, year. Right. They would be oh the team God. shooting 50, uh, just above or just under 55% from the line, and, and you would look back as a Rutgers fan and be like, yeah, if we just made our free throws, we probably win this game. I feel like we've said that a million times as Rutgers fans, students over the years. Definitely. And finally, this team, I think this year, there were some. Just they're they're playing honestly. They're shooting much better than we've seen. I think ever since Pykele has been here. Like I'm looking right now as a team, we're shooting um, 43 percent as a team, just under thirty four percent from three, but. In Big Ten play, like I said, we were first in the conference. I'm sure that's gone down now. Do you know what we're shooting from the line this year? What? Oh, I, I'm asking. Like, I don't okay. know. But I just remember, like, last year there was, uh, you know, Miles Johnson, obviously a great player. But from the free throw line, I, I pulled up his stats. And I remember, he, like, he shot 43% from the line last year. And I remember there was just a bunch of other players that weren't shooting great from the line last year. And it was just, like, it makes you, like, scratch your head because you're losing – you lose close games by missing free throws. And now, you know, last night, 10 for 13, that ends up being the difference. And just, yeah, free throws in close games, you, you have to make those. It's obviously it's mental because these are, you know, basketball players. They know how to make a shot. It's more of how do you – how consistently can you pull it off in a game, you know, just by making it. But when you do it, you know, it counts. I'll have to – I'll have to minimize these numbers a little bit because on ESPN they're showing, like, the whole roster. Okay. And honestly, I don't know if I would – if I could credit – you know, I don't know if Luke Nathan shot a free throw or even like he shoots thirty three percent from the floor. Oh, and that definitely weighs down our percentage. And he's only played in three games or whatever. You gotta, yeah, it is. you got to look at the totals. I think like, like if you you know what I mean. Like if you if a guy is only shooting like if you look up team field goal percentage, I think that's um, like I don't think Luke Nathan is um weighing it down. You know what I mean? I like, got you. Well, it says forty three percent as a team. And to answer your question, they're shooting. Um, above 67% from the line. 68% from the line. I just yeah. pulled up like the ESPN stats for the team. But so yeah. To be honest, it looks better than that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think the thing, too, is, guys, um, I don't know, I just feel like in the crunch time, down the stretch, we're making our free throws when we're supposed to. We're not missing them and yeah, then creating a definitely. whole other situation for us. Like, let me pull up, um, I, let me pull up Ron's numbers this year. Like, he's shooting uh, 45% from the floor. Yeah, he's been beasting. And he's shooting 47% from three <laughs> That's actually the whole funny. year. So that means his... <laughs> and over 76% from the line. That means he's shooting, like, worse from two than he is from three. Yeah. Because, like, his, his two-point percentage is, like, weighing down his field goal percentage. But, yeah, he's been, he's been excellent. I mean, 47% from three is, like, elite. It's ridiculous. But see, here's the thing, guys. 
correct me if I'm wrong. I understand he's only he's averaging sixteen and a half. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And around this time last year, he was probably averaging what around twenty something. Remember when he was just going off in the beginning? Yeah. And, and then it, he had like that month or two where he just could not buy a basket, and right. then we got all our hopes down, and then he came back towards the end. I just I don't see that this year with Harper. I I've seen enough consistency over the games where I am confident to say that I don't think he'll go on a cold spell. Like, in his past five games, he has been in double figures, and three out of the five, he's been 20-plus. Against Michigan in that win, he had 20 points. Against Nebraska, he had 29. And then that Penn State game, the whole team kind of just sucked. He had seven points. Then against Maryland on the road, in which a game seemed like we weren't going to win in that first half. That second half, he came alive, shot 75% from three, 83% 83% from the line, 62%. He had 31, a career high. And then this past game against Iowa in what seemed like a low-scoring game for both teams, everybody struggling. He some he came out with 15 points, still shot 50% from the floor, 100% from the line, and still shot 50% from three. So, like, he has just been the most consistent player. I don't see him going down like that that slope where he just has that three-game cold, you know, and then Rutgers loses, and then we're like, they might not make the postseason for that. Kind of like what we saw last year. What is our our current standing like for March Madness? I know where. I mean, As I know in like there's... net net ranking. Yeah. Um, it might have been updated after last night, but last I checked, we were somewhere in the uh, mid nineties or, uh, like right outside. And that means we're like top ninety, or how does that translate? Yeah. Um. So they they was, have us as like the ninetieth team. Not necessarily. Um. And for reference, I believe the lowest seed or the lowest net ranked team to make the tournament last year was Michigan State, and they were like sixty-eight something or something. Like All right, that. so I'm not gonna lie, I don't know we're what net ranking right tournament means. We're one o- How does that work? We're one o five. One o five. Okay. Even after the Iowa. Previously one thirteen. Uh, I don't. Yeah. So it moved up eight spots. That's what it says right now. I don't okay. know when it was updated. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, they got work game, to do. It's updated because it says record eleven yeah, and six, through, home ten and one. Right. Yeah, so, through January nineteen. So, I mean, they got work to do, but uh, fortunately fortunately and unfortunately, they have really tough games. But that's the thing. With those tough games, you have an opportunity to make up a lot of ground if you can come away with the win. Right now, DePaul is higher than us at 99, in case you're wondering. Just figured I'd throw that out yeah. there because I find that interesting. Now, DePaul, I, I know they have a couple of big wins on the year. Um, I, they I beat, think they just beat Seton Hall. They Did they? Yeah. Okay. By a couple so of they, points. So, they beat Michigan. They beat us. Um, Seton Hall. Seton Hall, there you go. So, I mean, those are three big wins right now. Right now, in the yeah. quad one, DePaul is one and four. We're two and two. Um, and mm. they're seven and oh in quad four. See, do you think that that loss to Lafayette might be holding us down? Because in quad Lafayette four, we're and six Ma- and one. UMass as well. I, well UMass, I, I think, is quad three. Okay. Is they're, they're not considered quad one cause, or four because we're six and one. Okay. So... Lafayette, I would assume, is that one. Right. So do you think that's kind of holding us down a little bit? Yeah, especially, it's be sure. especially because you lost at home. Like, losing to Lafayette at home. Just... They were probably favored by 20 as well. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. That was the point where, like, Rutgers would be favored by 18, 20 points every game, and they'd win by three points. Like, that that was that stretch of mm-hmm. games. <clears throat> and then they just lost. Um, but I tell you what, guys. Let's not harp on the past because this team is totally different than what we saw Back in November, this team has turned the page, flipped the page, whatever you want to say. They're five and two in the conference. I was three and four. 
That, that that's got to mean something. And they have some they have some road games upcoming where they can win both of them. They the Northwestern and I believe it's Nebraska. They're they're yeah. Northwestern's better. They're they're not like bad, but they're not good. They're average and. Um, Nebraska, Nebraska's horrible. Nebraska's horrible. Yeah, they have the team. they have one good player, Bryce McGowns. He's a five star. They're for like their highest recruited player, but he's a freshman, so he's mm-hmm. kind of still learning. You know, he's you know he's still kind of learning everything. So we take advantage of that. He's not at his highest potential yet, but I feel like both of these games on the road, we can we can sneak out two wins, yeah. move on to thirteen and six, seven and two in the conference, and then you know we have the big or actually our next game, our away game. I forgot on Saturdays against Minnesota. Now they're kind of. That the game spot has, has potential to be canceled just because Minnesota's missing so many players right now. They should forfeit. Yeah, last I heard, free they, win. Last I, last I heard, <laughs> they were missing about seven players. Oh, right. I don't know if you know anything about. Oh my if, gosh. I, if any of you guys know about that, but yeah, they're missing quite a few players, so that that game is in jeopardy. Now, I I'll, I'll ask you guys a question. In February, like I said, eight teams, eight matchups, six of them are ranked right now. What? What do you guys think Rutgers are going to go in those eight games, and what do you think they need to go to really get get their name into um, um, tournament status? So all the ranked games you're saying the going forward. So so just February wise. February wise. Yeah. Okay. So let's look. So our first game in February is at at Northwestern. They're not ranked. I say we win. Um, and then. As soon as we come back from that, we face off Michigan State and then Ohio State in a week span. Both those ga- and, and they're both home. Both those games can be tough. I think Michigan State's a good team. But like I said before, guys, I think we can compete with any team at home. I think they'll be close. I, I give Rutgers a shot in both those games, no doubt about it. What do you think, Doug? No, yeah, I agree. I mean, we already saw them beat, like, number one Purdue at home. So, as you said, Rutgers can beat any team at home. It, it's really weird how it works out where, like, Every year, their road record and home record is so distinctly different. As you know, right now they're ten and one at home and one and six on the road, or one and five. We said earlier, and I just remember like it was similar to that last year and like two years ago, the year that got like cut off because of COVID. They went like nineteen and one at home, and then they like all their losses other than that one were like on the road, and it just it happens every year. It's just it's weird. Like I mean, teams are usually you know slightly 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 better at home than on the road, but it's not usually like this distinct a difference. So it's interesting but yeah so i think rutgers just has that significantly they have a home advantage right so we'll see that coming out of those eight games in february how many are on or at home i'm gonna pull that up right now in february let's count michigan state ohio state illinois and wisconsin so that's it's a 4-4 split. 4-4 four, four split in February. And then there's two more games in March before postseason play. So five, yeah, Penn State's at home. and So it's uh, a 5-5. Five, five, so it's really... Out of our 10 remaining games, half at home, half on the road. Right. So, yeah. I Starting mean, in February. Because we still have three or two games in January to close out. Or three, actually. Because we only counted from February. Right. Oh, okay. So, and yeah, and it's still split. Oh, okay, we have three more games. In January, I see. I and think it's a I think it's a six to seven split in favor of away yeah. games. So we have six more home, seven away, and like I said before, a couple of these away games I think we can win. 
I think it starts with Minnesota. If they have that problem that Sean was talking about with the players and the right. game still goes on and they're missing some of their guys, I expect Rutgers to win that game. But if the game gets canceled, it's just considered a no contest, right, under the current Big Ten rules? I they... think that, and then they probably try to reschedule it in the future, right. I would imagine, because that's a, it's a Big Ten game. It's not like you're playing some... Like CCSU or right. Mac or something. Exactly. Right. This is a game that I think you'd have to reschedule in sometime in the future. Um because I know they, I think they changed the rules on that. I think originally it was going to be considered like a forfeit if a Big Ten game was ca- ca- like canceled or something. Like I know with the Big East, it was like that. Like they were originally going to make it, you had to forfeit. But then once the cancellations became more prevalent, they switched their, uh, like their procedure with that. And I think the Big Ten followed as well. But hopefully that doesn't come into play. I think the kind of the current COVID cases are going down. Like we'll see. But hopefully Rutgers has to deal with more cancellations through the season um obviously the women's team has to deal with that right now with they were supposed to play a game today at nebraska um that didn't happen so you know even if we keep our hopes high it is possible that the schedule could be impacted more we'll have to see but Locks of the week on the WRSU crew, Doug Willick, Sean Ned Carney, Dylan Allen, and Christian Vasquez connecting remotely. We had a nice talk there about Rutgers men's basketball to start off, but now we'll be going to locks. Definitely a lot going on in the sports world. Um, NFL playoffs is probably the main thing at the center of the sports world, and there's eight games for the divisional round taking place this weekend. College basketball obviously still going on. We spent the first hour talking on that. Uh, NBA is in full swing. Um, not really in full swing. It doesn't happen until playoff time, but lots of NBA games going on. Even Australian Open is happening right now. Um, any major sports I missed? I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's always a lot going on in the sports world, but I think that's kind of the main things happening. Uh, I mean, no baseball right now, no hockey, but or not no hockey. There is hockey. Excuse me. Yeah, so, as as of right now, baseball technically doesn't exist. Yeah, baseball because of the lockout, yeah, right? Lockout. Yeah. Um, and what's been going on with that? I mean, well, should we get to that after we do locks of the we'll week? We'll talk about. We'll that talk later. about it after. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do any of you guys want to go first? Christian, do you want to go first since you're connected remotely? Sure, I'll go first. Okay. Do you have something? I don't this, need to put you on on the spot yeah, unless you want to no, go. No, I got this weekend is UFC 270 first pay per view card of the year. Headlined by arguably one of the biggest heavyweight matches there's ever been, Francis Ngannou versus Ciro Gan. Francis Ngannou 16 and 3, coming in as the undisputed champ against the interim champ Ciro Gan, 10 and 0 coming into this fight. You have one person in Francis Ngannou who is arguably one of the biggest threats at heavyweight there's ever been. He knocks everyone out, 100% finish rate. Actually, both of them have 100% finish rate, but all of Francis come in TKOs or. Uh, just straight up knockouts. Francis is currently the underdog as Ciro Gan is coming in 10-0 and and he's just a technical fighter. The guy walks at 245 into his fights most of the time and runs around that octagon like he's a lightweight at 155. So it's going to be very hard and it's going to be a very close fight but I think Francis Ngannou hits a late bomb on him and probably runs about round three or so. So pick the underdog of Francis Ngannou. I'm going to have to start watching UFC because uh, last semester Christian would uh, keep his locks to UFC as well on Friday crew. And I like, I kind of, no, I don't watch UFC. That's a lie. I only watch, (laughs) I I only watch the big fights. Okay. So, so like when he brought up a big fight, fight. when he brought up, this is the big fight. Okay. Is it, 
All right, um, then we'll watch it. Yeah, yeah we'll, is, we'll have to watch it. But no, when I like, yeah, so I, I would, you know, really wouldn't understand what he was saying. But like, I, I'm, I think I'm gonna have to start watching it now because it sounds like an interesting sport. All I'll say is it's this: I don't watch it that often either. I'll, I, I will admit that. But I do, whenever there is like a main guy fighting, that's like yeah. just really no, good. No, that's me too. Yeah. It's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Francis Tagan was a dog. I've I'd never have to, heard. I, of I'm putting guy. all my money on I've that guy. Never heard of he him. is a dog. Yeah. I also have never heard of him, but I don't watch UFC. Francis Nagant, dude, it, just look just look up on YouTube. Look, just look up his top he, finishes, I think he's, and they'll show you his top five finishes. Yeah. Is he from Nigeria, Christian? He's from Cameroon. Cameroon, okay. So just look him Dude, he is just like a massive freak he's of not, nature. Just, just uh, as an example, he walks right, in those fights at 265. Mm. Absolutely. Ch- ch- 265 is the cap for heavyweight. So he's walking in at 265, and he's knocked everyone out. Yeah. He, so, that. He, he knocked out the champ that he beat to get the title. He beat out Stipe Miocic, and he knocked him out cold. I think it was the first round. Yeah, you just, just when when you get home, just look up Francis Ngannou, highlights, whatever, and, and just that guy's a freak of nature. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's who I would go with here, Christian. I think that's who I'll go with. Is that is that what you went with, Francis Ngannou with the win? Or? Yeah, that's who I'll go with. But I think it, uh, this kid's going to give him a run for his money, though. And who is he playing? He's 10. He's fighting Ciro Gone. He's a uh, he's from France. They're actually former sparring partners, and there's a little bit of bad blood there, so kind of kind of want to knock each other out. But Ciro Gone, he'll be here for a while. He's young. I think he's under 30 still, and he's 10 and 0, and he's getting his first championship match. I think he's maybe four fights in the UFC so far at 10 and 0. So it's very quick to get there. He's just been just ragdolling opponents. He's very technically. I believe he comes from a maybe like a kickboxing background a little bit so that's going to be a crazy fight all right i'll definitely have to tune in uh i'll go with me real quick um with my lock listen guys i i think i think the bengals are the real deal here i don't see them getting to the super bowl or anything like that but i do see them giving the titans a run for their money i don't know something about the titans just i understand derrick henry will probably play and be back but Something in my head just tells me, like, realistically, how much could he possibly play? And, you know, I'm I'm worried if the Titans might kind of put a, uh, what, what would you call it, like a like a limit on him a little bit or, you know, kind of not play him. But they, they were still winning when he wasn't playing, though. Like, once he got hurt, like, they maintained the one seed through the rest of the season. So Yeah, but I mean, I we'll don't see. Know. I, know, I know playoff football is different, but I feel like people, like, once Derrick Henry got hurt, I think people thought, okay, tight end season's over, and then they ended the season as the one seed, which was, like, interesting. I don't know how many people were, like, paying attention to them. Like, I didn't really watch many tight ends games, but I feel like they're still going to win. But go ahead, finish with your lock. Yeah, my lock was just going to be Bengals plus three and a half because I think the Bengals will win. Um, but, I mean, I, I'll, I'll take the points if, if you think they're going to win. I mean, the money line's plus 152, so those are pretty good odds too, but... I'll just stick with the Bengals plus three and a half. I think they'll win, um, but at the end of the day, I think they'll keep it close enough. If you're giving the Bengals a field goal, I I, I could see the Titans win this game. You know, game winning field goal. In, in that case, you would still win plus three and a half. So I'm gonna go Bengals plus three and a half against the Titans. Um, I'll go with my lock. Uh, Bills Chiefs, Kansas City, uh, one and a half point favorites. Uh, straight money line. If you look at it, they're minus one thirty. The Bills, they already. They beat. They dominated Kansas City earlier on in the season on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Josh Allen just had a phenomenal game that night, and they're coming in this game with a chip on the shoulder against a team uh, that 
uh, ended their season last year in the playoffs, and now same venue, um, same teams, and I I see a different outcome this time. I, Buffalo's playing really great football. They played really good football down the stretch. Um, Josh Allen last week was he threw more touchdowns than incompletions last week against against New England against a Patriots defense that you know has notoriously been great uh, under Bill Belichick, but it's been pretty solid this year as well. And um, with that said, I'm gonna go with Buffalo money line and uh, spread as well. They're they're currently one and a half point underdogs um, for the Sunday. All right, I'll keep it NFL playoffs, so we'll do three uh, games. I mean, San Francisco versus Green Bay. I see Green Bay's favored by four and a half. Have you, did you guys see the same thing? Because I never know which. I'm what, seeing five and a half on five FanDuel. And five and a half, okay. Five and a half on FanDuel. Yeah, so I have Green Bay covering that five and a half. I think they're going to win by more than that. I think, I mean, you know, big shout out, obviously, to San Francisco for upsetting Dallas. Um, and Debo Samuel, 72 rushing yards last week, like as a wide receiver, but he's been doing that all year, uh, kind of playing that hybrid wide receiver running back role. So for, the 49ers have been good. You know, they got both on defense. They just got, um, overall a great team, but I think Green Bay is just in a different class as the one seed. And of course, when you have Aaron Rodgers, as much as I, um, disagree with his vaccination uh, stance, he's just... He's a completely different talent. The way his accuracy, like, just his level as a quarterback, like when you have Aaron Rodgers on your team, that's giving you a better chance. You know, it's it's different when you have those elite quarterbacks like Rodgers or Mahomes or, like, Brady, kind of like that upper tier. That really is the sticking point. Like, I know there's 52 other players on the roster, but really when you have Rodgers, that literally is the difference. And, of course, it's more than just Rodgers as well because they have uh, Devontae Adams who – I don't have the numbers up right now, but I think he had like 1,500 receiving yards on the year, um, maybe 15 touchdowns. I don't know. remember his exact numbers, but Devontae Adams obviously is huge. That team is, I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Devontae Adams this year, yeah, 1,500 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns. So, yeah, he, I think he was second in the league in receiving yards behind uh, Cooper Cup. So, Adams is a huge threat. And we are we all know what Rodgers can do. I mean, I've only really talked about those two players, but I feel like that's the difference. So that's why I think the you know the Packers are going to win by more than five and a half. You know, those two teams played earlier on in the season. I believe it was Week Three on Sunday Night Football, and San Francisco nearly had a win there. They left a little bit too much time on the clock for Aaron Rodgers, as most teams do, and he went down and um, got in field goal range for Mason Crosby to kick in a field goal. And I just think San Francisco is the one team that I don't think anyone wants to play this year. Like, they may be a oh, six seed, but... They you think just, they're going to upset? I think so. I Well, I, I'm not going to go as far as to Whoa, say... That no chance they win. I don't, no, I don't think they win, but I think it, it'll be a close game. I think it'll be... Do you think a they can cover the five and a half? I think so. I think it'll be... Uh, like a 2017 type yeah, game? Yeah, I think it'll be like determined that? by a field goal, um, for sure. Do, I, do we know Fred Warner's status? Because I know Fred he Warner got is hurt. playing. He's playing. Okay. Nick Bosa was a full participant in practice. Okay. So, uh, jury's still out on Bosa. They're definitely not 100. percent No. Okay. So no, they're going to no. force him to play. So, but how much realistically do you think they'll get out of those two guys? I don't know. But they yeah. they are definitely better than the, the guy behind them, whether right. they're 100 percent or not. Yeah. But I don't know, dude. I I think the pack. I think it's this year. I think it's this is their year. Christian, I don't want to get your hopes up because I know you are a Packers <laughs> fan, but. Oh, they better win this week. I might go there next week. They better win this week. I oh, may wow. be how, how many Packers teams have you gone to this year? 
This year, just just one to the Bears game. But okay. I That's good stuff, though. I mean, how, do you COVID. usually go to, like, one a year at least? Now I want to since I've been there now oh, twice. Was that, oh, that was your second time going to Lambeau? Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, we make a trip out of it. We know some people over there, and we get the tickets. So they said they could get tickets for the championship game. Oh, okay. Obviously, so you, just got to make So it. you don't have to, like, pay for a hotel or anything? No, yeah, we stay with those people. Nice, nice. And can you could you get tickets for cheap, like... Or it's, it's got to be pretty expensive, right, on resale? Well, it's not resale. We get them for, they'll give them to us for, like, you know, what oh, they okay. are. I see. I remember, like, like, face value. But, like, face value, I think, is 500 But it's a oh, championship game. Okay. I'm not going to the Super Bowl for 10000 <laughs> Yeah, back in um, back in 2011, the year the Giants won the Super Bowl, um, we played the Packers twice that year, once in the regular season, once in the playoffs. Yeah, I remember that. And um, then, you know that, <laughs> yeah, that was the year the Packers went 15 and one. And yeah, well, um, Dylan, you're a Giants fan, so yep. you, you remember mm-hmm. this probably. We lost. Yeah, so the Packers came to MetLife, Damn and right. I, I went there for that game. The Packers won that game 38. I was 35. there too, dog. You no, were there for that game. I was, I was there, dog. I, I was there. <laughs> That's as the well. best game I've ever been to, and the Giants lost. Yes, because Aaron Rodgers, uh, it sucked. Aaron Rodgers got the ball <laughs> yeah, and drove down like on four plays, and they got that yep. game winning drive with ease. And then they won, but we we got them back in the wild card round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or was yeah, that that was the divisional round? Out. Divisional round. You guys yeah. blew them out. Yes, I think it's thirty-seven to twenty. The score was. Yeah, what was destroyed. funny was that game. We um, always I lose think, as the number one seed. That's why it's game. So then you'll lose this week. That game. Which, or next week. Which game? The playoff game? Giants-Packers? No, 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 no. So, so the Giants-Packers uh, playoff game in 2011. Right. Um, who was it that caught the halftime Hail Mary? Was was it Manningham? Wasn't uh, it Hakeem Nicks? I think it was Hakeem Nicks. It was Hakeem Nicks. Or Victor Cruz. One of the two. No, I it think was it was Nicks. Nicks. It was right? Nicks. It was Nicks. And then yeah. five years later, Randall, Randall Cobb does the same thing. <laughs> oh, against yeah, Don't bring it up. <laughs> don't bring it up. He did it to us. Don't bring it up. So I purposely I just, don't look that, up 2016 so, wild card highlights. At least the so Packers. Ironic. The Packers didn't win the Super Bowl that year. Who did? There was the Patriots, no, right? In the 16? Patriots over 2016. The, over the Falcons. Oh, yeah, that the was 20, a 28 game. Year. Oh my god, yeah. I feel so bad for Falcons fans. That's just so wrong. I don't. The Packers actually. Oh, yeah, we lost it. We lost to the Falcons that year. I don't feel bad. That's at right. All. The, you don't the, feel yeah, bad. That was the NFC Championship. But the Falcons have have never won the Super Bowl though. I don't feel bad at all. They had their wow. chance. They have twenty five points. Well, Stop my fault. Looks like you that, suck. Looks like that city's but, turning around their uh, their curse um, with with a couple of championships. Yeah, the Braves are the, the Braves are helping them out. The Braves. Georgia just won. Oh, yeah, Georgia but just football won. team. Football team. Yeah. How, <laughs> going down. How close is um University of Georgia to Atlanta? Are they? Oh, it's very close. I, I've heard. It's very yeah, close. It's, it's very really. close. I think Athens is pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Georgia Tech, I believe, is right in Atlanta. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Have you been there before? I have not. I but have. Uh, I have, nice. you have. It's nice. Yeah, it's, I have a it, friend it that is, goes to it, Tech. Yeah. It, it, it is near Atlanta. It's it's like I think it's in it actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I feel, I just I feel bad for Falcons fans because I mean they didn't blow the lead. Like I mean the players okay. <laughs> my my friends a Falcons fan, so I I have no oh, you remorse give him for him now. I get yeah. I have. What, I see. what Falcons jerseys Nothing do you have? I do not. You should get a Josh Rosen jersey. I have. Got I'm wearing a Josh Rosen jersey right now, but you gotta update it. I don't have any Falcons jerseys. You gotta, you gotta cop that Julio discounted jersey on NFL.com. <laughs> Julio was discounted, but it was like, you know how the Falcons wear different jerseys now? They switched yeah. a couple oh, years ago. The, 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 the last year Julio was there was the year they switched, and it was only that one in white that was available in my size, and I was like, eh. It was like twenty bucks. I was debating whether or not to buy it, and then it sold out. And then I was just, oh, so those unis they never restocked. I guess no. Yeah. The I mean, it wouldn't make any. It's sense very for hit or miss. I, I've talked about this on on Friday crew last semester. So Dylan, you didn't hear this, but Sean and Christian know this well. But I always go to NFL shop, 
and just sort um, by lowest price and then cop whatever jerseys are 20 bucks and under. It's been really bad. Like the last month and a half, the jerseys have only been like $40 oh, or more no, right? expensive. So I'm not... Oh, I'm not no. paying forty bucks for a jersey. <laughs> well, no one's made any cuts yet. Just like wait, wait until March or like April when, when yeah. people will sign with other teams. And then the old, yeah, the old teams are um, will get marked down. Yeah. Like as soon as Odell got, um, you know, left the Browns and then the Rams signed him, that's when I got my my um, Browns Odell jersey for like so twenty one. Two Odell jerseys. Now. I do. Oh, Odell is the only player I think that I have two jerseys of. So I have some players that have like a jersey and a t-shirt jersey. Okay. Like Eli Manning, I got a jersey and a t-shirt jersey. Same thing with Victor Cruz and Jason Pierre-Paul, I think. I, have, and I actually don't have a JPP jersey. But with Odell, I have his Giants jersey, blue, and then I have his Color Rush Browns jersey. And I, oh, I mean... I would never get a Browns jersey. They're just so ugly. <laughs> they are ugly. I don't wear, yeah, so it's I not don't wear the, any other jersey. Yeah, it's not the like the brown uh, jersey with white numbers. It's brown with like the orange numbers, the color rush, which is all right. I mean, it it kind of looks like Halloween or Thanksgiving, the brown <laughs> and orange like yeah, combo. Yeah, it is. Oh. But yeah, that, <laughs> that that's the most recent jersey I got because uh, that same time I ordered o- Odell oh, Brown's jersey. The jersey for you. What's up, Christian? Four. Oh wait, this is in youth, but they have a fourteen ninety nine Cam Newton Patriots jersey. Right. Yeah. Sometimes when I go some. on the website, I forget to check off men's, and then those youth jerseys shoot up, and I think, oh, I'm gonna get one for eight bucks, and it's like, no, nah, it's just youth. <laughs> but yeah, the same day I ordered the Odell Browns, I tried to get Yannick Ngakwe Jaguars for four ninety nine. And they had it in medium, and I was like five dollars for an NFL jersey. I was like, whoa! So I ordered it, and they shipped to my house a pair of youth Cowboys pajama pants what? in place of the Yannick Ngakwe jersey. So I mailed it back and I got a refund. But and so then no, that's, you keep, that's a joke. No Ngakwe jersey. No Ngakwe, and that was gonna be my second Jaguars jersey because I had Leonard Fournette Jaguars. But that's oh a my joke. God. Yeah. NFL shop needs to step it up. What's going on over there? The, <laughs> And I, and also NBA Store too has been really bad with their prices lately. Oh no! Yeah, it's sad because like on NBA Store last semester there was one day when I got like Victor Oladipo Pacers and Kemba Walker Celtics. I got both their jerseys for twenty four dollars combined. Like each jersey was twelve bucks. And then since then, NBA prices have been terrible. You go on NBA um, Store right now, the cheapest jersey is like fifty two dollars. So yeah, that's ugly. I'm not buying any of those. Well, don't worry, Doug. When uh, when the Giants release Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, um, and a lot of other players, they'll sell them for like eight bucks a piece. And I found the Kemba Walker one, twenty one, twenty one ninety nine. But yeah, but that one's sold out though. If you yeah. click on it, it's weird. Like it's listed, but you it's click. It's almost gone. Yeah, <laughs> I, sold I was at. I was literally on the website like two hours ago. So the stuff you're looking at right now, like I was just looking at, right. and. It's sometimes, like, if you click and it says, like, only one left, I don't think that's accurate because it said only one left when I ordered the Yannick Nagakwe one, and then it didn't even exist. Yeah, they might have put everyone's name in a hat that ordered it when it said only one left, and, and they then, picked one out and said, okay, we'll ship it to this kid, and, and then these I, guys will get pajama pants for yes, some random exactly. team. That's, I think that's how they decided it. Yep. It's the only logical way because they, they already had your money. Yep. At that point, they had to send you something. I, I was happy they gave me a refund, though. I was expecting them to give me a hard time, but I got a refund. I just, like, when they have, like, an online chat thing, but they gave it to me no problem, which was nice. Nice. You Doug guys... was going to go, and their guns are blazing. What's to up? To get his money back. Yeah. To get your money back for that jersey. Definitely. Also, before we head to break, I just I want to mention something. Notice how none of us picked the Rams-Buccaneers game for our locks. I think that's the hardest game to, yeah. to gauge this week. 
Yeah, I think the Buccaneers hopefully the Rams give him a game. I because it seems like the yeah. Bucks are going. But I think the Buccaneers. I need your win? thoughts about this game. I think the Buccaneers win, but I like you said, it's hard to pick because the Rams dominated them earlier, but that was at home. Um, and I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, like they they dominated the Cardinals last week again, another home game. So now they have to go on the road. And I just don't like the way the Rams played down the stretch, like outside of that wild card game last week. But they lost the 49ers. They played, what, like a one score game against Tyler Huntley's Ravens. Um, Yo, Huntley was decent this year. Like, he was. He was. And no, I don't want to take any credit away from him. But, like, look, I mean, no, I know what you mean. As the Rams, with the team you've built, with, you know, the trades you've made, Odell Beckham Jr. Von, um, Miller. Von, Von Miller, mm-hmm. you should not be playing a one-score game against against uh, a second-string quarterback. Um, and I forget who else that they they lost to. Um, I, they got dominated by Green Bay. Which team, um, which team are we talking about now? The Rams. The Rams. The Rams. Okay. Well, look, Stafford threw a lot of picks this year. Stafford right? threw a lot. Of Wasn't picks. he like, he threw like seventeen? I think somewhere I think up Trevor in that range. Trevor Lawrence led the league in picks, and then Stafford yeah. Stafford was like right there. He threw 41 touchdowns, I believe, to 17 interceptions. Yeah, something like that. I'm going to pull, pull it up right now. So, yeah, 17 picks, tied for 30th, but he was second in touchdowns and third in yards and fourth in overall QBR. Yeah, so he was it, – it's like that year that um, Jameis Winston threw for like 30-plus touchdowns and 30-plus picks. So it's not that extreme, but like he was kind of I mean, of that's just, still 13 more interceptions. Yes, Exactly, like the league leader. Okay, yeah. Listen, so, we all know Doug thinks Matt Stafford's overrated. That's what this is all no, no, coming no, no. from. I, I, I like Stafford. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you, you don't think he's elite. This is where it all comes from. We'll see. Don't believe his crap, Sean. <laughs> this is what he's gonna build up. His 17 interceptions. Ah, he's not good, but he's gonna leave behind the fact that he's top four in yards, touchdowns, and QBR. No, no. no. I pulled up. Didn't Trevor Lawrence end, end the league with like he ended the year with 12 touchdowns? I think it's just because I sorted by um. Interceptions on NFL.com, and it says Stafford the forty-one seventeen as we just mentioned, and then Trevor Lawrence is ten and seventeen, but like I'm pretty sure Trevor Lawrence had twelve because he had two passing touchdowns versus the Colts, so I feel like that's not yeah, updated. Yeah, I don't know. He 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 just did not have a good year. Oh yeah, garbage. It, it was sad. I mean, he definitely kind of got in a bad situation there with Urban Meyer, but yeah, it is twelve touchdown passes, so he was twelve to seventeen. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just. He was thirty-four and two, I think, at Clemson, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think the two games he lost were both postseason games: the the national championship against both LSU, of them. Or, and then the Ohio State game, the semifinals. And the semis. Finals, yeah, yeah right. those were the only two losses. I remember something coming out like this was his first regular season loss. Oh yeah, ever he had for never high lost, school and college. Since high school, he had never lost a regular season. <laughs> and game. then he lost like almost every single lost one. every single game here. Yeah. They must went, have been a humbling yeah. experience. Three and fourteen, right? Was their final record? Uh, three and fourteen, yeah. Or, yeah, three and fourteen, and they secured the one spot, which honestly is pretty was they pretty got, good. The Lions won they, that last think, week. Did the Lions not get it? Oh no, no, they won. They won. The Lions right? and Jaguars so with, with the tie, won. with the tie, tie that put them up to the two spot, and yeah, the tie Jacksonville. Them. Yeah, so I mean, there you go. So it's so if it really helps out Jacksonville now. Now I see. I don't know what they would go with, and we'll we may, maybe we'll talk about the draft the later. Draft, but Aiden Hutchinson's a nice prospect. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the. I don't know. I, I I don't know too much about these guys. I know Hutchinson's great. Yeah. Uh, well, I see, I've Heisman seen Hutchinson, finalist, right? Yeah, Hutchinson's been like projected one in some drafts, two in the other. There's um, I'm gonna pronounce his name wrong. It's Thibodeau, right? Kayvon Thibodeau, Kayvon yeah, Thibodeau. the yeah. Oregon yeah. edge rusher. He, yeah. I've seen him projected one, and I've seen Aiden Hutchinson projected one. I think I think the edge goes to Thibodeau just because I, I just think he has the better 
overall resume. I think Aiden he's Hutch- done more. He's done more. I think Aiden Hutchinson really made his case this year, um, but I, for Thibodeau, he's just been throughout college. Like he, he's been a stud. I remember for the longest time before we had to break, like Kevon Thibodeau was this highly regarded prospect out of high school, five star, and ever since he went to Oregon was like a force every year. Um, not Heisman quality, like I don't think he's been a finalist ever for Heisman, but I mean he's had consistent years. He's had some injuries, but then kind of Aiden Hutchinson, no one's really heard of him, and then he kind of you know jumps to the jumps on the scene, has a great year at Michigan. Gets a Heisman bid, which honestly I don't even think he deserved. I think Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama, I think he is so much better edge rusher slash linebacker than Aiden Hutchinson. I think he had like three more sacks, uh, a bunch more QB hurries, and like he led in all these different categories. And Will Anderson didn't make the Heisman list, which was kind of um, or like the Heisman finalist, which was kind of puzzling to me. Nonetheless, I, they're both good prospects. I, I think Kayvon is the answer, um, but we'll see which one they go with uh, come draft time. them because they have you know for the Heisman they have that huge ceremony in New York and they invite right. the four finalists and Will Anderson wasn't there I mean they made like a huge formal thing out of it I don't know if you guys watched but like uh, Desmond Howard made like a comment to um to CJ Stroud, Stroud. Um, yeah I don't, Ohio State players weren't too happy about that I heard. Yeah. D- yeah did you watch do you know what I'm talking about oh, yeah, yeah I know exactly I think he said something about his offensive line yeah for, um, for anyone listening yeah that didn't watch it was basically what Sean was just about to say. Uh, Desmond Howard said to CJ Stroud, like, on stage, like, this was being televised. There's lots of people in the audience, lots of people watching on TV. Like, oh, your, like, offensive line didn't do a great job protecting you. It was something along the lines of that. Yeah. yeah. And it was, I mean, kind of messed up. I mean, CJ Stroud is, what, like, 20 years old? 21? 19? Uh, yeah, I think he's 20. Let's pull it up right now. CJ Stroud. He's eight, a sophomore. Oh, uh, wait, no, I'm thinking of Bryce Young. CJ Stroud, age. He is 20, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even turn 21 until October. So this is basically, like, someone our age, really, not someone that what old. What was said to him, though? I didn't see that. Uh, so I think Desmond Howard was doing the presentation, and he he turns to um, Aiden Hutchinson because they both went to Michigan. Or, or Hutchinson was saying something about how he came back to Michigan so that they could beat Ohio State. And Desmond Howard turns, and he says um, – uh, your 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 offensive line didn't do a great job of protecting you in that game. Here's what happened. Yeah, I just pulled up an article about it. So Tim Tebow was on stage as well because they have all these f- former Heisman winners, and then so they got the four of them lined up, and um, Hutchinson was kind of talking about how they uh, it was big beating Ohio State, and then Kenny Pickett was standing between Hutchinson and Stroud. So Tebow said, "Hey, Kenny Pickett, I'm glad you're in between them. Please stay there." Like, essentially, Tebow was saying Pickett should be a buffer between Stroud and Hutchinson. So then Desmond Howard jumps in and says that Pen- Kenny Pickett is better than his offensive lineman. That's right. That was the joke right. because yeah. <laughs> people criticize. I mean, I feel like it's different criticizing college athletes on, um, you know, versus criticizing professional athletes just because they're younger. I mean, they're essentially kids still. They're not getting paid. So it's just a different nature. Uh, that being said, you know, big time college football is kind of different. So it, it is different, but what are you going to do? 